0: Welcome to the Hallmarkies Podcast. We are so so excited today to bring you a special episode, a bonus episode, where we are introducing you to a new podcast that I think you're really going to enjoy. And we're talking about rom-coms for guys. This is very exciting. And who better to have with us to talk about uh, rom-coms for guys than the host of the Romcom gents podcast we have ryan and kelly here and thank you so much for coming on the podcast
1: yeah thank you yeah no problem we love being here
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is so exciting so since this is your first time here on the podcast why don't you introduce yourself each introduce yourself and uh, and let's talk a little bit about how you started uh started your podcast why don't you start uh ryan
2: yeah go ahead uh i'll, I'll, go, I'll go first yeah, yeah. uh i'm ryan uh, we, both kelly and i live in portland i feel like introducing myself it's kind of like i have to introduce like my best friend and it's like that's part of the biography is like i've known kelly since college so we've just been kind of doing everything together so we both are filmmakers here in portland we've uh uh written a film together it's called emily you can watch it on amazon prime if you want um and you know We started this podcast a year ago and it was before the pandemic. We thought of it, but it's,
1: I think, we actually started uh recording it in 2019. Yeah, but we had no idea how to schedule ourselves because I'm a freelancer and you have a day job. Yeah,
2: and it was one of those things where we Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like to do stuff, we like to make stuff, but. You know, making films is expensive and it's not like something you can just go out and do. But podcasting is free. You can just go out and do it. Uh, so this was
1: a good way to get a creative outlet for us. So you say words now, Chloe. Um Yeah, I don't know. Our, our meet cute was in a film class, which was really cool. Uh, so very always, appropriate. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, I remember Ryan first started getting into uh, rom coms right after. We met. And so that became a burgeoning part of our friendship where it was like, hey, do you want to come over? It's Friday night. We're a couple of college kids who aren't cool enough to be invited to a party tonight. So do you want to watch a rom com? Yeah,
2: something That's with. kind of how it started. <laughs> I think Sleepless in Seattle was our yeah. very first rom com together.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. That's, that's, that us. is so
0: cute. I we love try. that so much. I mean, and that, that movie it seems like the perfect, perfect one to, mm-hmm. cause it's all about like, uh, the fortuitous kind of how people are meant to be together and meeting yeah. and everything kind of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of so faith in our relationship. Seems like a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so did you both grow up in Portland, in the Portland area?
1: Uh, no, I actually uh, don't tell anybody. Was born in Southern California. And um, oh. I ended up living in Spokane and going to school there, which is where we met. Yeah. You were born near here, weren't you?
2: Uh, I was born in Salem, Oregon. Then I moved up to the suburbs of Seattle when I was a kid, and then moved to Spokane for college. We both went to Whitworth University, which is a teeny tiny Christian college in the heart of the inland Northwest. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. And then we moved here like 11 years ago. Yeah. And Portland was like at that time the height of popularity. Cause it was like Portlandia was like the big show leverage, uh, leverage was shooting yeah. here. And it, yeah. it was yeah. just like, it was a city that wasn't Seattle. um but it wasn't super far. Cause we knew we didn't want to stay Vancouver. in Spokane. Yeah. And so like, let's go to Portland. And we didn't cool
1: have place. to pay LA or San Francisco prices at the yeah. time. Yeah. Now, uh, mm-hmm. now it's really expensive.
0: So, Ryan, have you always been a fan of rom-coms or did you just sort of have a, uh... a new appreciation for them.
2: Well, when I was in college, um, I was very pretentious and I'm glad Kelly stuck it out with me uh, because (laughs) you're welcome. uh, I, I was just,
0: (laughs) most of us were,
2: yeah, I was, you know, watching like I was in independent study with the only film professor there and he was making me watch a movie at night
1: and (laughs) you're like, what's the new Ernst Lubitz?
2: (laughs) Yeah. And there's always these high art films, anything, Anything and everything the Criterion Collection would publish, um, and I was really enjoying it. But I think my first like uh, I don't know crossover film that was like both literate but also showed that rom coms could be fun was when Harry met Sally. Mm. Um, And it's just Mm -hmm. you know you can't get it's a classy rom com and it's it's an artful film, but it also is a genre film. And I was like, wait, a rom com's good. And I just kind of like slowly pivoted towards other artful rom coms like Notting Hill, but then I got towards yeah. um I don't know, some more genres ones like some JLo ones, some Jennifer Anderson ones. It was like, oh, these can just be fun. These can just be fun movies. And so by the time yeah. I got near the end of my college career, that was just my movie I needed to relax to was not an artful
0: mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I think they are very, very relaxing. And I really do miss that whole era of like late 90s, early 2000s, when you had your queens of rom-coms, your Sandra, your, mm-hmm, your Reese, no your, your, your J-Lo. Um, you could count on them each, pretty much most years, having one and, and looking forward to it. Now it's it's very rare that you get uh, a certainly a theatrically released rom-com and uh, maybe part of that is because of Hallmark, uh, because and Netflix, uh, because there are so many that are made for those services. But I still, I definitely like Julia Roberts uh-huh. I miss those so mm. much. Okay, I would you, love you brought to up, have those back.
1: You brought up J Lo. Why doesn't Julia Roberts have like a J Rob, or is that is it just too masculine to have a Rob as the last name? I mean, there's there's yeah, M Rob question. too, right? M- M-
2: yeah, M Rob. Emma Roberts, Julia Roberts, the Roberts cinematic universe. You
1: know, there's got to be something <laughs> now. Maybe maybe the Roberts yeah. name cannot be sullied by like, you know, a nickname. Uh, J-Lo's pretty solid nickname. Yeah. I would I wish I could have a solid
2: nickname
0: like maybe that. maybe there's not as many Julia's. as There are Jennifer's. Ah, uh, that's a so good you point. need to kind of like yep. there's like because there's Jennifer Garner and I, I don't know a bunch of other ones. And so maybe that's why I don't know. Yeah, I would question. love to be a part because of it. I
1: ask the deep questions yeah. on this yeah. podcast. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't need a like deep nickname for Reese because obviously there's just not that many other there's Reese. just one tonight, Reese. Reese, so. Reese
2: could drop one. the Witherspoon. Wait, wait, it talking could about, just be Reese.
1: Are you talking about the spoon right now? Without her spoon,
2: with her spoon, <laughs> yeah, no spoon yeah, necessary. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> well, so what do you think is sort of the barrier in keeping a lot of men from getting into romantic comedies i mean it, we're going to talk about some ones that have a lot of entries for you know sort of a more masculine viewpoint and uh, i mean do you think it's just been so like beat into our heads that these are these are for women these are chick flicks and and uh people just don't want to uh kind of dive into that or i don't know, you think there's anything else going on there
1: do you want to answer first uh, yeah, yeah. The, you know, so the term chick flicks, um, is something that we try like to keep our our hands out of on our podcast for some reason because yeah. it's just like, we're like the whole point of our podcast is saying like, you know, we want guys to be able to appreciate this as well as like everybody. Like these movies are kind of for yeah. everybody, and as I think as young people, I, I can only speak from my experience, but as a young man, there were like there was a lot of uses of the word for like, this is for girls or this is for boys. And um, so at least when I was younger, like if I was watching Anne of Green Gables or like uh, a Julia Roberts movie, um, my mom would be like watching them with me. But um, if I was trying to get my friends to watch it, it's like that is a girl's specific movie. And so I, at least in our culture from a young age, most of the men around me were like, pointed away from movies like that and yeah it was more like an adult directive in a weird yeah.
2: way yeah yeah that was that's been my big thing growing up i talk about it a lot in a lot of episodes where certain movies will come up and be like i really enjoyed this movie but i was always embarrassed to like this movie because i felt culturally i wasn't allowed to and i feel like i think mm. it's our responsibility for kelly and me to like destroy this kind of like directive of how men should Think and feel in a specific way. It's like men should be able to watch s- stories with sensitivity and and softness and warmth and be able to enjoy it. And they shouldn't yeah. be um,
1: sh- embarrassed to like that kind of stuff. Yeah, not only like it, but like I think it really does good to have men very specifically watch movies that were made with, um with female hands and with women in mind, because like that is, that is a good way for us to get to know each my, other. My, my big one, I think
2: probably one of the most valuable ones uh, that I got into thanks to my wife was all of Gilmore girls. Yes.
1: Gilmore girls is our mm. favorite.
2: And it's you know, gateway learning about what Rory Gilmore was interested in. Like, made me kind of understand retroactively what the girls i was interested in in high school what they were thinking you know because like jess i have such problems with jess on the show and sarah my wife is always there to be like look you know maybe maybe jess isn't the best thing for her but you got to understand why she rory's interested in jess and i'm just like okay okay Mm -hmm. and like the show really really helps you understand a perspective and you would never get that perspective from like michael bay's transformers you're not going to get that <laughs> what, what the only perspective i'm on just thinking is of male boxes. male that's dominant army in their early yeah. 2000 yeah. you're either going to go watch gilmore girls or transformers it was a very bad time.
0: yeah yeah that won't appear on any of our lists yeah. nevertheless <laughs> um, yeah i really appreciate you saying that because that's one thing i liked about your show is because there is a lot of of shows both podcasts and youtube channels that the whole the whole bit the whole shtick is like dudes watching girly stuff and isn't that hilarious <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you know like we're we're watching a whole uh, we're watching a hallmark movie or we're watching a barbie movie or or twilight or whatever it might be and uh and isn't that funny and i it just always drives me crazy and it makes me kind of crazy too because it's so successful and i'm like haven't <laughs> we moved on beyond this <laughs> i mean because if you had if you had the opposite and you had a, a you know a couple girls like making commentary about kind of dude stuff like watching Ghostbusters or Fast and the Furious or Marvel movies or DC, that kind of thing, then you would get death threats. You would be hated. You would it would not be like, oh that's so hilarious. What a joke. And I just it makes me kind of crazy. And so I really appreciated when I listened to your show because honestly when I first thought it I was like, oh, another one of these. <laughs> I Mm. first thought and uh, then I actually listened to it and I was like these guys really love this they are being so respectful and it's not a joke it's not a bit you're actually we love
2: these movies yeah yeah Yeah. it is the sincere love and I think I've that's why I've never been one to engage in like hate watching or like liking something ironically and there's some things like you know, Kelly made me watch a Christmas Prince on Netflix, and I think a Christmas Prince doesn't take itself too seriously either. So right, I think it, right. I think it kind of wants to be laughed at as well as laughed with. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I think our love of all rom coms is sincere, and we were probably extra critical towards the genre because it hasn't usually been put through its paces as a genre because it's just been kind of yeah. some silly. Oh, you know girls don't really care about it like executives just don't treat the genre with seriousness but if you like actually look at the art form of the genre of the rom-com it's like no it'll stand up to criticism and mm-hmm. and we're kind of we we we're you know the, it's called the gentleman's yeah. guide to rom-coms we want it to be a curated thing where it's like look maybe to all the boys the first one maybe it's not the best one but like you know we're getting into these films and there's there's quality to talk about
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah yeah, that's always been my goal as a film critic in the Hallmark space is to bring critical analysis to this space. And I, when we were very first starting, it was about maybe six months or so uh, into the podcast. I had critic William Bibiani on, and he, he said that uh, that if if these films aren't allowed to have any critical analysis, then they can kind of become this thing that 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 there's no that's kind of almost this sort of out of control thing. And I think that any art form needs critical analysis to help it to become as good as it can possibly be. And so people might say, Oh, well you're being too critical. They're just Hallmark movies. And I'm like, I know they're just Hallmark movies and I'm judging them as Hallmark movies, but I want them to be good Hallmark movies. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not judging them versus, I don't know, your Oscar fair or your whatever, but I want them to be the best of this genre of, that they could be and uh, so i think it's really important to 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 bring critical analysis both good and both positive and negative and and to take these seriously and have a good time and try to have fun and just all those dynamics, but that's very important to me, and that's very important to me as far as all the hosts of my podcast is that they all feel comfortable expressing their opinions and uh, and talking it out. And
2: and I think the films do need to be still graded on a curve. You know, you can't you can't yeah, compare. Yeah. A, a Netflix rom-com to, like, um, Sony Pictures Classics, you know, Oscar hopeful of the year. That's
1: It's, <laughs> it's not fair. Yeah. This, this is a discussion that we get into a lot, like, when we watched uh, Set It Up, for instance, yeah. which is a Netflix original. Um, yeah. I was, I was kind of holding it to a standard that, like, it, it, if Netflix is saying we can compete for Oscars, I'm... I'm often the one that's being like, uh, just a little bit more critical. Like, I work in the film industry, and sometimes, like, I'm just like, you guys could have done more with your budget. And Ryan always has to bring me down to earth and be like, it's okay, it's okay. Take, yeah, put the sword away. (laughs) It's
2: it's the same year that, you know, Martin Scorsese's got the Irishman in release, and then they've got set it up. Yeah. Like, well, you're both Netflix. I'm like, it's different departments. Like, Uh, that's the rom com department.
1: They don't have Martin Scorsese's money. But at the same time, we're trying to hold these to a standard. Yeah. And so, like, this is, this is the discussion we get in yes
0: yeah no i mean it's true and people might say that's not fair but uh but it's the reality is that uh, when i watch when i if i go to watch a movie that i know is for toddlers a winnie (laughs) the pooh movie or a barney movie or something like that i or an elmo movie i'm not i'm not looking at that the same as when i go see a scorsese movie or a tarantino movie or whatever like i'm looking at it through a different lens there's a lot <laughs> less blood so <laughs> yeah a lot less blood. and so i think it's the same same here so i think that's really great and i really loved uh your show i think you're doing a great thing over there oh, i think so i'm hoping people will kind of find find you and hopefully we'll get you to do a hallmark movie yeah, One of these days. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah that would be to. really fun.
2: I mean, part of the thing about Hallmark is we're not sure where to jump in because there is just so much yeah. so many films out there. So we'll need your help to like, can, dive in.
0: I can be your guide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you if you're listening and you have suggestions of where they should start, or what they should do. Put it in the comment section yeah uh and or follow them on uh on social media and uh and we we would love we would love that so let's dive into our list so we each created a list of top five or five uh rom-coms that we think are really good for guys or we think that guys will like and obviously men are incredibly different but nevertheless these are these are
1: gateway <laughs> movies, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, gateway movies that's right, and mine, I really i I said top five, but mine's not really a top five, it's more just five, so there's mm-hmm. not like a Same high, for us. Yeah. Uh, ranking here uh, so why don't you start Ryan and say you're number five, okay my number five on your list
2: uh, is five hundred days of summer um Oh, five hundred mm-hmm. days of summer oh. is my fifth film. Yeah, so, D- Lion's a new dad, so um, dad if, joke. if you
1: cringed at the dad joke, it's it's Everyone right up his a alley good right dad now. Joke.
2: Uh, so five hundred days okay. of summer is kind of a, a story told out of order, where we watch we're watching a relationship between Tom and Summer uh, that starts out as an office flirtation and then starts to get serious. But uh, we kind of watch the story out of order, and we kind of get the breakup first, and then you know we f- figure out how they met, and then get other times in the relationship. It's kind of Annie Hall and its structure. Um, and it's probably the most personal film for me that kind of made me understand how I view um, not women in general, but like potential romantic interests. And the whole thing about that movie is Tom isn't really listening to summer when she, her whole character thing is that she's not looking to be in a relationship and he is, and he just kind of, Kind of persuades her and pushes her into it, and the relationship never totally succeeds because of that flaw that Tom has. And it kind of made me realize, like, I idealize women the way that he does, and it kind of made me kind of, you know, reevaluate how I approach romance and how I approach relationships. And so, it was a really important film for me.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. I, I would, I yeah, would I really you, you Bring too. it up every episode, almost. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed too, especially I love the expectations versus reality Mm -hmm. section. I think that is so good. That is so true to life. How many times do we kind of go into something with these expectations and then that kind of ruins it. Uh, And a lot of people have said, oh, well, she's... The kind of good one in the relationship, and he's the not as good one in the relationship. Not that you can really play sides, I guess. But I don't know if I really agree with that because because she is not very honest with him as right. far as the, inviting him to her engagement party. I mean, come on! Yeah. Uh, and
2: <laughs> That's why it's so heartbreaking.
0: She, I know, like she knows this human, right? Like mm-hmm. she was in a relationship with him. She had to know that that would not be. She's at the very least pretty clueless, I think. Yeah. uh, If not uh, unkind. And uh, yeah, and he is definitely too, uh, like you were saying, kind of forcing this relationship. I get that, but I don't give her a pass either. Personally,
1: you know, um, almost to almost to a person, it it's split down the gender line whether you like summer or don't. Mm. Because I remember in college, like watching this movie and be like, "Hey, we can watch Five Hundred Days of Summer. It's on my shelf. It's one of the five DVDs I own," and there was no woman in the room who was like summer. I hate her. She's the worst. And this was also the the moment where, um, like, we really started as a culture talking about the manic pixie dream girl. Really made
2: us reevaluate, mm-hmm. yeah. the that's the true. idolization of it, yeah, which was an important conversation we needed to have. Which it was is, a cultural intervention. Yeah. Um. All yeah,
0: right. That's very yeah. true. Uh. All right, Kelly. Do you want to do your number? Your your fifth. Your okay. fifth. Okay.
1: I'm going to start, I, I think rather than like, what is, what is number five on my list, I'm going to kind of go in chronological order. That's, that's good. Okay. I like that. Um, okay. That's a especially good because my earliest one is the biggest edge case. I'm going with groundhogs day mm-hmm. uh, or groundhog day. Mm-hmm. There's there are not multiple groundhogs on this day. I don't think. <laughs>
0: Um, no, it's the same one repeated over and over again. That would mm. be a good
2: poster. Same if groundhog. It, Groundhog's day and the possessive apostrophe is crossed out. It's like, no, there are multiple days. It's the same one <laughs> over and over
1: again. Yeah. Um, so this movie is barely, I mean, it is a rom-com in, in and of the, that, like the main goal of Bill Murray's character is to woo, um, Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell.
0: Andy McDowell.
1: And yeah. uh, this is actually one of my favorite movies with Andy McDowell. She, she seems to get pit got pigeonholed in this like cool girl next door, like role after this, but I, I really yeah. love her in it. Um, And this movie I think is a really good gateway movie for guys because um I mean, as you'll see in most of mine and Ryan's films that we have, they are, they have a male lead in them, but I, I think a lot of our movies also have like kind of a Venn diagram with other genres. And this one definitely has like a fantasy element to it because Bill Murray, just has to do this day over and over again. And he's a total, he's a total butthead at the beginning <laughs> of this movie. He is the person you least want to hang out with. And as a filmmaker, like when um, <laughs> you've got who's um, it's Chris Elliott, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is his buddy in that movie. And he's like the whole time he's like prima Donna. <laughs> and there have been so many camera guys. I know that like, just like behind the scenes, they're just like, Oh man, I, can't, I hate working with actors like this. And so it gives me a lot of joy as a filmmaker, but this movie shows you this character of bill murray and just kind of shows his evolution from beginning to end i don't know if another character has had to take like somebody's calculated out that he might have been in there for over 81 years or something just reliving this day over and over again but um like being able to as a guy see what it takes for like an asshole to become kind of a good guy and see what it's like to live for other people rather than himself i think is an important lesson and that's why i like
2: that yeah his first groundhog day he was completely selfish his last groundhog day he was completely selfless yeah
0: right and also i think it's actually funny i think one of the problems that sometimes rom-coms get is they are a little light on the calm part you know not getting enough of the comedy and and so whereas groundhog day is legitimately hilarious oh yeah oh my gosh
2: one of the best i mean
0: yeah
1: Directed by Harold Ramis. All I mean,
2: All Bill Murray yeah. films are the best Bill Murray films, but, you know, yeah. e- easily a top five Bill Murray film.
0: Yeah. And if you want a surprise, the Broadway musical, you wouldn't think like, how could you make a Broadway musical off Groundhog Day? It's actually really funny. Really? Oh, really? It's you actually check really, out. yeah, it's really charming. Cool. You should check it out.
1: Should we go to New York yeah. Right now? Yeah, or yeah go to online? New York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh, sad face. Um, so did you check out Palm Springs last year?
1: No, but it's, it's on my kind of list. Concept? It's actually on our
0: it's list. so good. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah I, I, so good. I figured our algorithm was going to pick it for us at some point, but our, our random dice generator hasn't picked it yet.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's R-rated, so listeners, beware. But uh, but I, I thought it was very entertaining. And uh, so very good picks. So my first pick is... All of mine either have a a male protagonist or a kind of a male relationship that I think uh, that might help uh, help be a gateway, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so my first pick is the movie Sing Street, and I don't know if you have ever seen this or heard of it.
1: I've
2: heard of it, uh, not it, seen it though. It, the it's Irish music, right? Yes, Am I correct? It's yeah. By
0: director yes it's my director john carney and it's basically kind of slightly autobiographical i don't think it's like super strict but it's uh he had a similar experience in the eight grown up in the 80s in ireland and and uh he basically is this young kid he's having to go to this new school his parents their relationship is on the rocks and uh so he's going to this new school and he decides that he, he wants to impress this girl uh who's a model and so he tells her that, uh, will you be in our music video for our band? Can we hire you? And uh, then he has to create a band cause he doesn't have a band. Classic and so he gets a bunch of his, yeah, he gets a bunch of his friends together to, uh, to make this band and it turns out he's really good at songwriting and, uh, and it, the songs are so good. The original songs are incredible and it has also uh, a lot of other eighties songs and tunes and the relationship between, between this kid and his his older brother who his older brother he kind of feels like he kind of let his his dreams get put on the back burner so that he could be there to support his siblings and he just didn't have quite the the guts to like go out and leave home and everything uh but it, and he's played by Jack Rayner and he's is such a great performance. I really love the relationship between the two brothers and uh, it's very romantic. It has a very romantic ending, a very hopeful ending. And I just absolutely, I just watched it again, uh, not that long ago and I just absolutely love it. I think it's so entertaining, mm. very romantic, very fun. Uh, and it's uh, and a great coming of age story. And so good. I think uh, anybody did, would like it. Yeah. The music's the music really good.
1: Good. Who who wrote the music mm-hmm. for that movie? Was that the director as well?
0: Yeah, John Carney, yeah. Uh, and uh, he he's done a bunch of musical type movies. He did the movie Once. Oh, which love is, Once. Uh, also really good. Yeah, yeah, really good. And he I can't think of the name, but he did one with Kier Knightley. Oh,
2: um, yeah, the one with him, yeah. her, and Mark Ruffalo, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so all our listeners I, I, re- I like, really recommend You guys it. are rom-com
1: yeah, experts. You should know this Keira yelled yelled movie. right movie. <laughs> I hear them.
0: <laughs> it's it's my least favorite of his, which is probably why I can't remember it. But I, it's still worth watching. It's called mm-hmm. Begin Again. Right. It's Begin Again. And uh, so Sing Street, it, it, it uh, was kind of, it was a Weinstein film, so it got kind of lost in the shuffle with all that nonsense. And also... Uh, it, uh, it was the same year as La La Land, and it kind of got also sort of lost in all the hoopla of La La Land. Uh, but I prefer it over La La Land myself. Uh, I don't hate La La Land, but I just think this is better. And uh, so that's kind of why it maybe people aren't as familiar with it as they should be, but it's a real gem.
1: Awesome. Uh, going on our list so. though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. to go on our oh, list. for sure.
0: Yes. Look, all you've right. convinced us already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. We just want to take a break from the show just to have a little check-in before we go on in the show. We actually want to talk about our sponsor for this week, um, BetterHelp. Uh, In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about your mental health, about your happiness. Humans aren't meant to keep everything inside. It can make us sick and therapy helps. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now. Maybe you need some tools to help. Maybe you've got stress, insecurity, problems in your relationship, um, aren't not dealing well with things going on in your life. And that's what therapy can be. Whatever you need, don't be ashamed. Because normal humans struggle and they start to feel better Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's good to start to feel better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers you video, phone, or a live chat session with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. The good thing is, BetterHelp is much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you, because you are your greatest asset. So this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Hallmarkies Podcasts, and listeners can get 10% off of their first month of Better at BetterHelp.com/Hallmarkies. That's better dot com slash keys. Oh, Ryan, what's your number two? Uh,
2: okay. The next one I've got is, so I married an ax murderer. Yes. I'm so glad you brought this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You Mike, introduced
1: me to this movie to me.
2: Yeah. Mike Myers. Um, he lives in San Francisco and he falls in love with the butcher and They eventually get married and he finds out that or maybe either before or after the marriage, he finds out that she may be an axe murderer. And he's nervous that she murders. No, they haven't gotten married yet. He proposes, but then he finds out that she may be an axe murderer and kills uh, her new husband on their honeymoon (laughs) nights and uh, (laughs) is nervous about Mike getting murdered. By her um i like this movie because i love mike myers wayne's world awesome powers some of my favorite movies but he's a really charming rom-com protagonist in this film he's funny and like i said charming i'm just like ooh, That's <laughs> just you, you, you get the feels yeah oh, yeah and uh i think you could have not done the, like, axe murder part of the film. Like, you didn't have to make it, like, kooky in that corner. And you could just make it about this guy who's afraid of commitment, which is, like, what the other 90s rom-coms are about anyways. And it still would have been just yeah. a fun movie about this guy romancing
1: this cute butcher. And <laughs> I, I just love it. <laughs> but it works because, yeah. like, as, as a gateway film, because it's such a comedy, right? Oh, yeah. And it's like, Mike Myers. Yeah, like, that's what come I was just going to say. Like I, if I feel like a lot yeah. of our movies have some sort of segue thing, being like, uh, okay, you're not interested in romance, but maybe you could be if you laugh a little bit, right?
0: That's right. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good. I feel like that movie was on, uh, like on TBS and TNT and stuff like that, like cable 24/7. all the time. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If it wasn't Shawshank so. Redemption, it was So I Married an Axe Right? <laughs>
0: yeah, I think so. <laughs> so Kelly, what's your next pick?
1: Okay, so if we're going chronological, um I'm going to go I'm going to bring out the big guns. This is Sleepless in Seattle. It is one of the most classic classic rom-coms ever made. Um early 90s, 1994, directed by Nora Ephron. So this is um this is going to be kind of our our my actually my only film directed by a woman and um the thing I I like about this one is Tom Hanks as a character is endlessly relatable, like um, basically it tells the story on his side of things is Tom Hanks is a single dad whose wife has just died and he makes a move to Seattle. And it's kind of about him starting over. And then he calls um, in or his son calls into a radio show that gets broadcast nationally. And all these women all over the United States hear how cool and sensitive and wonderful Tom Hanks is. and. The one of the people that hears him is Meg Ryan, who who's a stalker. It <laughs> is a little bit of a stalker in the movie, but that's fine because we're in the romance yeah. genre. It's okay, <laughs> everybody. It. <laughs> um, and the story kind of details about how they end up meeting. It's it's a story that has very little romance to it. It just has a lot of ideas about romance. It's fateful romance, right? And I think it's it's one of those good films for men because Tom, like we've. Like everybody in the whole world has lost somebody before. And Tom Hanks as a character helps us feel that in a way that is both poignant and vulnerable, but at the same time approachable because Tom Hanks is the everyman. Mm -hmm. And so I think out of all the movies that I've chosen, it may be the most stereotypical 90s rom-com. It's shot... In a very particular way, it's like it's got Nora Ephron's hand in it, and she is the queen of rom coms. And so, if if you're like looking to get into You've Got Mail or like any of those films that tried to rip off like When Harry Met Sally or Sleepless in Seattle, like this is a good place to start.
2: And, and Tom Hanks being in Sleepless in Seattle is so. Uh, Erin Carlson talks about this in her book that's documents behind the scenes on those movies in the book. I'll have what she's having. Uh, She talks about how Tom Hanks was like Mm -hmm. really collaborative with Nora Ephron and a lot of things that were in the script where uh, he had a line. And Tom Hanks is like, "Um, I wouldn't guys don't do this. Guys, you know, he would he would put in his two cents of because like on when harry met sally it was very much a collaboration of like rob reiner would like throw in for what the guys are thinking and Nora efron would throw in what the girls are thinking yeah. and in this for tom hanks his character is like he'd be more angry he'd, he'd be like this he'd be like that and it was a good time for uh, i don't know the male perspective to get uh you know represented by someone yeah because awesome we, have, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. we haven't had enough
1: <laughs> right
0: and <laughs> and but- nobody <laughs> writes a- yeah, and nobody writes a script like Nora Ephron. I mean, her scripts were so good, and mm-hmm. I mean, Mwah. she has her flops, but I just love her script so much. And mm-hmm. I mean, just like little moments when he's like freaking out about fatal attraction. And, yeah, and, <laughs> uh, and I mean, like so well, funny. I did. And, <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and just little details like when she's peeling that apple, yep, getting it all curly, yeah, all curly, curly. Perfect. And uh, and he talks about just breathing in, breathing out. Mm-hmm. and and bill and pullman get up every day bill, and bill yeah don't forget bill yeah. Pullman. <laughs> yeah um I, well and the whole homage to an affair to remember right which is so so great i mean she's so she's wonderful at doing that about making her movies about falling in love with the movies mm-hmm. you know because obviously you've got mail you've got a uh, shop around the corner mm-hmm. uh you have uh, you have in uh when harry met sally you have casablanca right and uh, that's heavily referenced and so i i i love her so much and her, uh, i think she there's been nobody that has since she passed away in 2012 i don't think there has been anybody that has kind of taken her throne uh, or become the there's nobody that i feel like is the new nora Efron.
2: No, I no, think we yet to get it. The closest we have is like her cousin, not literally, but like a cousin is Nancy Myers. That uh, I feel like yeah. is is yeah. similar. Not as you, good. No, 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 no. And it's just kind of like no. maybe like more like little sister of like you know your films are nice. They're not as glorious as Nora Ephron movies, yeah. but
1: uh, the last thing I'm going to say agreed. about Cyclists in Seattle before we move away, if that's okay, is that um, yeah. the if you're a cynical person this is actually a good movie to watch. Nora Ephron movies are good movies to watch because she's super cynical herself. And like, if you're like, I don't know how I feel about rom-coms and romance. Don't worry. She'll make fun of it with you as you're watching it. Both Harry met Sally. And, yeah. Agreed. You know, yeah. Sleepless. Yeah. What, what about you? What's, yeah, what's I mean, your number two?
0: Yeah. So my number two is actually um, maybe surprise to people, but is is actually Tangled from Disney. Hey, I think it's Dis- oh. I think it's Disney's first real romantic comedy. I mean, for so long, the the princess prince kind of relationships in disney movies you you'd have him come in his prince charming they dance they you know whatever and they're they're done um and in <laughs> this ends. case flynn is literally the narrator flynn Ryder is the lead character you could argue in the story i mean his arc of far as him, him becoming eugene by the end and becoming this new person is as significant as rapunzel's arc and their banter between there's no other maybe aladdin would be the only other one that i can think of that Mm. has sort of that that banter back and forth throughout the whole movie um but but they just tend to not do that and and in in, they have such great chemistry as where does that might say to have animated characters have chemistry but they do and uh it's kind of crazy when you know that they even weren't in the same room when they were recording the, right. v- the local actors but they it feels like they it doesn't feel that way and uh, it's so funny it's so well animated i like the songs alan manken you can't go wrong uh with alan Mencken and glenn slater songs and it's just super charming and i love mother gothel she is such a great villain it's been really since then that we've gotten like a good juicy villain from disney and i miss that they're all about the sort of surprise reveal kind of villain as opposed to just someone like gotho who's just wicked and right. yeah. uh so i miss that and and so in maximus is hilarious And I love it. So, yeah,
2: it's it's such a I mean, this isn't necessarily an advertisement to guys, but it's like it's such a interesting mother daughter movie because their relationship is so weird and so messed up. And uh, I when I was what I like about these movies, though, like Tangled, I feel like is pretty equal with with its male and female characters of like boys are going to like Flynn. Girls are going to like her. Um, but yeah. I felt like as a as like a boy, I'm like, oh, so this is what a complicated not that girls have this relationship where their mom or stepmom needs their hair cut off every day or sung or anything like that, but it's it's such a unique relationship that other Disney movies haven't really they're not very deep, the the way that Tango yeah, gets into it's it. It's a
0: very toxic, toxic relationship and to, to make motherhood sort of the manipulative tool yeah of the story was very bold of them i think and so uh it's uh it's it's one of my favorites i love it
2: and you know it's my brother-in-law it's one of his favorite movies and he's you know a pretty casual movie fan you know he's like you know one of those big mcu movie guys but he's like oh tangled is the best disney movie you guys and so there you go it's just like guys do love it
0: (laughs) yeah and flynn saves the day at the end i mean by you know his choice of uh of uh cutting cutting her hair and what he does and so yeah it's really fun uh so ryan what's your next pick okay
2: next one is as good as it gets jack Mm. nicholson um uh, we when we did the episode for our podcast we spent pretty much the entire episode, just like detailing the script and like going through all the story beats. And it took us the whole episode to get through the story beats. Cause we had to ke- keep talking about like, and then they did this beat, which was so interesting. And then this happened and, and there's just so it's much. A long yeah. movie too. It's really long. Um, but, it's not like Jack. I haven't Nicholson's... seen it
0: in a long time.
2: Yeah, it's not like Jack Nicholson's character is one. It's like,
1: yeah, he's the great hero. It's like, no,
0: well, no, it's he's a...
2: <laughs>
1: not a role model in any way.
2: But what Jack Nicholson characters are ever role models? And I feel like that's part of his, you know, persona and yeah, yeah. other films, where it's like, well, what kind of like uh, complicated character does he play this time? Um, unless it's mm-hmm. it's not it's complicated. I wish I could have made a pun out of it's complicated, but he's in something's got to give. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's but the <laughs> that's same right. thing happens in Something's yeah. Got to Give, where he's not a classic rom-com hero, and as good as it gets, he's almost he's the anti-hero.
1: Well, yeah, I mean he's he's blatantly racist and homophobic in that film, and so the movie has quite a quite a job of like helping anybody fall in love with him, and mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole point of the movie. It's yeah. like, how could somebody fall in love with this human? And it's
2: kind of fun to watch him get his comeuppance. And, you know, Greg Kinnear's character and Helen Hunt's character, uh, there's just so much um, interesting things going on that I think anyone watching will get their heart melted by these very well-drawn
1: characters. And it's it's very stereotypical. Like, like in, in rom-com form, it has, like, those lines like, why can't I have a normal boyfriend? And so, you know, if you're not ready for that, this is a good movie to, like... Into, Ease you into the yeah. tropes.
0: Oh, and there's see a that. cute dog. I, see that. I need to oh, watch. Yeah. Everybody that. loves a cute it's... dog. Yeah, yeah. All right, Kelly, what's your next pick? Oh,
1: okay. The next pick. um Gosh. Okay, so we're going even deeper into the like the rom com genre. Like I'm I'm stepping I'm dipping my toes into the high romance pool here because we're going Notting Hill. Now, y- you might you might have heard that people who know rom coms and said. Really Kelly, I can't get I can't get a guy to watch this movie ever. And trust me, the first the first narration, the first time they hear Hugh Grant's sultry, mellifluous tones, they're going to be entranced, okay? He is he is a wonder and he's a very safe protagonist to have. He owns a bookstore. Yeah. A, any guy out there is is going to lie to you and say I don't want to own a bookstore, but really they do. And <laughs> And uh, it's it's really honestly it, it it is a great film like it's written by Richard Curtis directed by um M- Roger M- Mitchell Michelle 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 and it's it's the first movie we did on our podcast um mainly it is a it is kind of a male fantasy because what happens is Hugh Grant's character as a bookstore owner falls in love with. Julia Roberts, who is basically playing Julia Roberts in the movie. She's like the most famous actress in the world and he falls in love with her and they have ups and downs. And by the end of the movie, they like kind of, you know, even though they're from two separate worlds, they decide to be in a relationship because love conquers social barriers, I guess.
2: Indefinitely. Yeah. That's a line from the movie.
1: Yeah. Good job. That's
2: a line from the movie. <laughs> uh,
1: and, it, and it has such great lines and good characters and it is funny. And I think... More than any other movie that we've brought up so far, it is very prototypical in its rom-comness.
2: Yeah, but yeah. It, but it's it's like the highest form of the genre form,
1: right? Like it, it is almost mm-hmm. like your platonic rom-com. Like if you want something that is both what people think about when they come to rom-coms, but is also of the highest caliber and quality, this is that film.
2: Yeah. And mm-hmm. it definitely, I think this is yeah, the one that melted my heart. I was like, okay, I can get into this. It doesn't have to be, <laughs> it doesn't have to be like literate Nora Ephron every time it can be something warmer and more sentimental. Have you seen it?
0: It's a great choice. Oh, I, here it yes, comes. Of course I've seen it. Yes. Uh, uh, no, I love it. And oh, okay. I think it's a great <laughs> choice. And I think that <laughs> that it's a good choice as a gateway because of things like the horse and hound scene and Mm -hmm. there's some like Uh genuinely really funny moments and in the in the movie and i also love the whole scene when they're eating dinner when they're at the birthday party scene Yeah. yeah it just feels so authentic and natural as like real friends sitting and talking and eating brownies and you know talking and i also it's just like a little detail that i kind of love i love the fact that the uh the one friend is in a wheelchair and it's just like not a thing. And it's just, she's just, it's just that she's a character as, as in a movie. Be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you never see that. And I, yeah. I really thought that was cool. And uh, it's, it's really fun. It's a very good choice and classic for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, So my next choice is also starring Mr. Hugh Grant. Oh, and it is, it is about a boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. <And> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that about a boy is a good, gateway because it uh it has the relationship between the boy and Hugh Grant and Nick Hornby's writing he's just a great writer I mean he's the the did the book and uh you have Rachel Weiss and Tony Collette and and you know great cast and uh I it's definitely I think especially this life of isolation it's definitely something I can relate to the way he talks about living life in in units of time Mm -hmm. and that's definitely something that I, I think about all the time as a freelancer, as somebody who that, you know, I've got my spot here and my spot here for doing this and doing this and doing this and doing this. And, doing this and, doing this. and uh, I, you kind of have to all make it work, work out. And so I, I love the script and the music is great in it. And the ending is really satisfying when he helps the, you know, the boy do his song and it's killing it's, them softly, right?
2: Yeah. Isn't it? That's the one he sings yeah. at the mm-hmm. end. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yes. good.
0: And, so it, it's uh, it's the it's maybe a bit of a stretch just because the romance is like less of an angle as opposed to the relationship between the boy and Hugh Grant, but it's there, and so I think it counts. guys
2: are scared off from watching Hugh Grant movies in general because they associate Notting Hill and Four Weddings and um and what yeah is that, and pregnant two weeks month, notice yeah, yeah two weeks notice you know oh yeah it's
1: it it's because they're scared
2: they're scared they're scared uh, but about about a boy <laughs> is a good like soft like ease in it's like not super rom-commy because it's really about the the kid not really about rachel vice as much because i mean hugh
1: grant's pretty much a cad through like half of that movie right
2: he's a yeah. cad halfway yeah. through his
1: life well he... <laughs>
0: yeah and uh i mean it's like a subtle christmas movie too yeah that's, that's true okay. yeah. i, I like love a those. subtle christmas movie and, yeah yes so all right ryan what do you have next
2: uh, okay, next up, I've got Hitch. Um, uh, yeah. I think one of the most financially successful rom coms. Number three uh, of all time. Number third yeah. rom com. Great. Mm-hmm. Good oh, for interesting. him. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Will Smith being the like cupid for um, Kevin James. Kevin James. I think all guys <laughs> wish we were yeah, as was. cool as Will Smith, but we <laughs> all feel like we're Albert Bredeman. And that was a movie that I watched when it came out. And that was way before my rom-com love. But it was such a cultural, like, everyone's jumping in. We're all liking this. It, it didn't feel like a a cheesy, sandy rom-com or a JLo J-Lo rom-com. It felt like a more, like, uh, inclusive rom-com. I, I think because Will Smith yeah. is there to make it so, so cool. And uh, it's just really funny. But, like, I think guys will just really relate to this feeling of i'm always a dork around girls like allegra cole how do i be cool and smooth and how am i supposed to dress and this was also I'm pretty sure at the same time they had queer eye, queer eye for the straight guy mm-hmm. on and that was like mm-hmm. one of my go-to shows in like junior high and high sure, school i'm yeah. like teach <laughs> me i need to know <laughs> and so like hitch was like yeah. another teacher in the long line of like cool guys. <laughs> I, I like the
1: Ben Kenobi-ness of, of yeah. that film for guys. Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. And you could say, well, he's being kind of a jerk. He's objectifying women that all women are like this and all women are. But the thing is, he learns he's wrong. So Right. It, it, so it doesn't really matter to me. Like I'm not offended by it in any way. And they hang a lampshade on his... that in the film,
1: too. Yeah, they, yeah. they, yeah, they, yeah. they figure it
0: out. That's right. Uh, all right, Kelly, what's your next
1: one? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, Okay. So this was a movie that we did very recently on our show. Um I Ryan Ryan and I actually had a lot of the same movies on our lists. Um and this was one of them. Um Crazy Stupid Love. Um, mm-hmm. Crazy Stupid Love is not not too unlike Hitch, actually. It's another shepherding movie where Um, Steve Carell, um, and his wife, his wife in that Julian Moore, Julian Moore. Thank you. Um, they separate at the beginning of the film and the movie kind of becomes this, this, uh, I don't know, like it kind of becomes a hitch situation where Ryan Gosling teaches Steve Carell how to have confidence in himself, basically how to care about his, his Own confidence and his own masculinity in a way that he's really not cared about in a very long time and helps him basically get back with his wife by the end of the film. And it's a movie that offers quite a few different perspectives on romance because I think, very much like Hitch, um, you can look at the Ryan Gosling character in this film and see a guy who is a little bit of a player, an admitted player, Mm -hmm. and the movie doesn't say you're wrong but it says maybe think about who you are just a little bit more and think about like how you respect people and um like just the the dynamics between Emma Tom or Emma Stone, Stone and Ryan Gosling and yeah. one of the Emmas
0: Emma Thompson that would have been a different <laughs> <laughs> Emma
1: Thompson Emma Watson it, there's there's so many of them It's M Stone M Stone thank you <laughs> yes. um it is really good and i i think it's a it's a good place to come into a film if you're If you're especially like these aren't the guys that we hang out with, but if you're kind of a club guy, do you think you would you would watch this movie and be like, oh, I can I can relate to Ryan Gosling. Maybe I maybe I like these movies.
2: Uh, I think if you're a club guy walking into a movie theater, I think you probably got lost. You're in the wrong part of the mall. But stay, stay. Watch the movie.
1: What clubs did you go to? Oh, no,
2: no. The movie theater I worked at (laughs) was across the way from a club. They had really good cheeseburgers. I went there on my lunch break. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but every shift yeah. I was going home at like midnight, that's when the club started hopping. And I just thought it was comical that this super hip club was meeting in a mall.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's a, uh, it's a good pick. I think anybody can have, find some character to relate to in that movie. I mean, that's kind of the idea, whether you're to Julianne Moore, Moore or Emma emma stone more and they all have really good chemistry and so it's a fun one it's a little long i think it could be a little it's like two and a half hours long that's what we, we it said it we thought like, it, oh.
2: it could have shed a few characters but
1: eh. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and but
0: it, it, overall it's definitely enjoyable yeah yeah
1: mm-hmm. what about mm-hmm. you what's your number four
0: all right my next pick is is from the eighties. It's better off dead. Oh yeah, and nice. I don't know if you've ever seen it.
2: John, C- oh yeah, but it stars. We, quote, we quoted stars, it recently,
0: did we? Yeah. Good for us. It Stars John Cusack, and I, I. It's it's obviously about a you know dude. He gets his heart broken, and he's like obsessed with this woman. And it, it is this is a terrible example of of uh, actors looking like they are 35, 40 years old playing right. high school students. So that's like a flop, but. Other than that, it's just genuinely really funny, and I mean ridiculous things like the uh, the men who learn to speak English from watching <laughs> Howard Cosell, yeah. Wide World of Sports, Lane Myers, <laughs> <That> man <laughs> on a mission, <laughs> and, uh, and the uh, the, uh, the the newspaper delivery kid with his two dollars, and he's chasing them, and and his best friend who's trying to get him to 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 uh, Riding the the K nine or whatever it's called, yeah. The... And he's like, "This is pure snow." <laughs> you know the street value of this stuff. <laughs> his mom, who's cooking, is just literally walking off of the table. Uh, it's stable. such an absurd comedy. It
1: is, yeah
0: yeah and his brother who's taking all of the backs of the uh the uh cereal boxes and mailing all the stuff in for the free stuff and he all right. he gets the uh the guide to picking up trashy
2: women <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs>
0: so ridiculous and every time his dad takes the cereal like spills <laughs> on the ground He's like, could you wait until we finish the cereal <laughs> um all that is funny it's just really funny i, I mean humor is super subjective but it's also I, it's also a romance that he uh, he falls in love with the uh, the French foreign exchange student who's learning the international language yeah. uh, from Ricky. Uh, and <laughs> so it's a romance. It's about getting your heart broken and dealing with it and moving on. And uh, so it's it's a really funny movie that I don't feel like kind of gets enough credit like i think it's equally as funny if not more funny than national lampoons christmas vacation oh yeah and yet uh, i don't know, i feel like it it's uh you never hear about it really talked about as one of the great comedies of the 80s but i love it
1: i i love it too and i i don't now that you bring it up is there another actor out there that has had their heart broken in movies more often than john cusack <laughs> He's
2: got such a heartbreakable yeah.
1: face. Yeah, he has such a good sad yeah. face. I'm just thinking of like high fidelity and yeah. um if
0: everybody saw him and say anything and they're like, yeah. okay, this but is it. Need, that guy crying.
2: We need more of that sad stuff. That sad John Husack, it <laughs> works for us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's even stop motion animation in this movie. I mean, it's right. just got it all.
2: <laughs> like yeah. it's kind of like if you liked Airplane, you'll love Better Off Dead. Just yeah. like this absurd mile a minute
1: comedy. <laughs> I like this this like yeah. um detective's board where we just have yarn going from okay airplane all right what rom-com, better off that <laughs> better off that yeah that's yeah. that sounds right
0: I think so I think so so all right uh so Ryan what's your last pick
2: So mine's the the most obvious of all of them um it's when harry met sally I mean You you gotta give it up. It's, it's the classic of classics. It's the, it's the Rolls Royce of Mm rom-coms. Um, uh, Nora Ephron, Rob Reiner collaborating on the difference between men and women, or maybe not the, not so many differences between men and women. Um, and how you navigate friendships and relationships. And I watched this movie in the midst of college and I just, was laughing so hard. Cause I'm like, finally someone gets it. Someone understands it. And Harry Burns is just the voice of reason a lot of the time. And, you know, looking back as I grew up more and more as the years go by, I'm like, Harry is really like not a great person a lot of the time, but he does feel so real and feels so accurate to what guys are. And it's very, the movie doesn't really pull its punches, and um, they're all, her with Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal. They just you wouldn't think Billy Crystal could pull off romantic, but he does romantic here, and he also does romantic and forget Paris, and that's also a good oh, one. Yeah, but for sure. not the Rolls Royce. That yeah. this is the Rolls Royce.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it asks an interesting question: that uh, can men and women be friends? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question and uh people just say well did they have the right answer i don't know
1: yeah and so
0: it's a little it gives you something to kind of talk about
1: and i i like that like that that is definitely it started i think more than maybe even sleepless in seattle it started off the wave of new rom-coms just being at the end of the yeah I, I
2: i would say yeah. historically when harry met sally is the beginning of a new era that ended in like 2009 2010
0: i i I think that you have to start... You have to give credit to Annie Hall. Yeah. I think that Annie Hall was probably the first in that kind of wave. And then... Because, I mean, when Harry Metzali definitely borrowed a lot from Annie Hall. Right. And it's very, very similar in a lot of ways. but uh, But it's not as cynical as Annie Hall. Right. Yeah, and
1: I think in yeah. form, like just the way that Rob Reiner directs is, is mm-hmm. kind of uh, like, it just feels a little bit more nineties than, than Annie Hall yeah. where where up. Most of Annie Hall's ideas are where we jumped off of for the genre. Yeah. 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 Uh, Very true. Good pick, man. All right. Way to, way to not pick yes, an obvious there you- one there. <laughs> yeah.
0: Very good. All <laughs> well, right, Kelly, your last pick.
1: Okay. My last pick is um, it's going to be about time. Um, which Ryan, the same guy that you were talking about who really likes Tangled loves about time, right? Yeah. Um, the, this movie is a fantasy film. It's starring Domnell Gleeson, who you out there might know from Star Wars. He plays General Hux, General Hux. Um, but he is a great actor in his own. Hey, he's a great actor in those Star Wars movies. Ah! So.
0: Yeah, he's all right. Um,
1: but I, mean, I really... Yeah, he's
0: not given much. But yeah. I
1: really love him in this film. And basically, the conceit of this story is that he is Bill Nighy's son. Nighy? Nighy? Nighy. 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 Mm-hmm. And um, all of the men in their family can travel back in time. Uh, they basically just go into a dark place and they can come out at whatever time they wish. And it just explores the idea of, if that were possible, what would happen? And this movie catalogs both his relationship with uh, Rachel McAdams, who he's falling in love with over this film. And it's a very sweet romance and his relationship with his father and what it means to both lose somebody and gain somebody with this power and what is most important in life. And this movie is a little bit more existential than most of the films on our list, but it's one of those important movies that I didn't see until very recently that I wish I would have seen when I was younger because it 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 allows for like such a positive important outlook on life that i feel like more people should uh, like aspire to uh, strive for and I, I i think it'd be good for any young person but i think it's a really good place for young men to jump on and
2: board and it's got that field of dreams vibes where it's 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 not really about the father and son but it it's got this emotional gut punch of father and son storytelling where like Oof, and so it's like all guys agree that like Field of Dreams is one of the great like dude movies, like guy movies, yeah. like Field of Dreams. And like him, like Domino Gleason and Bill nee, he has this like Kevin Costner and I don't know, remember who plays his dad in Field of Dreams. It, it really, the, same
1: thing. It, the movie really wanted me to, mm-hmm. made, made me want to go back and watch a goofy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Goofy movie
2: because any other father son movies, it's it. Mm -hmm. I think if we had a father and son movie podcast about time would be equally represented. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, Here's a shocker. I actually haven't seen about time and I've had well, probably okay. this is great. Like five people in the last couple months, literally tell me I got to see about time. So now I really, I just have to do it. You know what? Cause it's about I've heard it's nothing about but great time. things it's about, about it's how good it's about it is. <laughs> it's about time. Yeah. So, all right. Well, my last choice is the father of the bride. Yes. One of yes! Yes. my
2: all time favorites. One <laughs> of my all time favorites. Yes.
0: I mean, it definitely is up there in one of the best remakes ever made, if not better than the original Spencer Tracy and Elizabeth Taylor. Sorry, Spencer Tracy. It's really funny, and I just think that anybody can relate to at least one character in the story obviously like steve martin's over the top and martin short is over the top Mm -hmm. but but not so much that you can't still relate to him and i love when he has just like sweet moments when he's watching his kids and he kind of puts his hand over his heart and he feels it and you you just get the impression that yes he's he is over the top but he also just loves his kids so much and so it's very endearing and uh, i think he and dine keaton have incredible chemistry kimberly williams paisley it was is wonderful uh, we always laugh in my family because <laughs> when she freaks out about the blender yeah. my dad had just gotten my mom that blender <laughs> <laughs> like for christmas or something and uh so he's like how could you get that blender um but it's it works it's really really sweet and i uh, and, and it's just it's so ridiculous this wedding it's just absurd mm-hmm. but uh and i i like the sequel too i enjoy it it's it's silly but i like it and uh my mom had a baby when i was 18 so i can relate to
2: yeah <laughs> a little yeah. bit
0: uh that being older and your mom uh having a, having a baby and anyway uh it's just very charming and i loved this last summer the father of the father of the bride part three-ish
2: yeah that and i don't was know if so you got to see, yeah. if you saw
0: that it was so good it was one of the highlights of the summer for me and uh so i just i really love this the whole family and um, I, I, i'm trying to get and my so. wife
2: to uh, appreciate these movies more but the first one she thinks is too sad because george banks misses out on all the big wedding moments and like my wife feels that oh, too yeah. much She's like, I, I can't, it's, it's too heartbreaking. I, I can't watch it. And then I can't get her to watch the sequel because she's like, no, it's, it's weird. It's just weird that they're having the babies at the same time. And That's now what's great. About but it. now to be like, uh,
0: it can happen. It's, it's been done. Yeah. So we put on our Twitter, I put on my Twitter. I asked this question, what are good romantic comedies for men? And I got tons of answers, so I can't <laughs> read all of them. So forgive us, but I'll read a few. So we have uh, we have Lassie Vaught. He says, "I really kind of love when Harry met Sally. The holiday is also really fun."
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: sh- does Sean the Sean of the Dead count? <laughs> uh, it's an is, important uh, so. relationship. I mean, the whole movie yeah. is about
1: him trying to get her back. Yeah, yeah. Well, him and the his... Winchester.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and uh, this is Noddy Hill. I really like as well. The Casual Critic. He says, "Coming to America." The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Scott Pilgrim mm. versus the World, oh, yeah. I Silver Linings Playbook, mm. The Big Sick Long Shot, and Yesterday. Uh, Premier League Champion says, I love you, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Marshalls, 17 again, Mr. Wright, Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and Yes, Man. Um, mm-hmm. Kirk Sever says, Sideways, the Wedding Singer, Big mm-hmm. Trouble in Little China. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, uh sabrina which i love both of those yeah. movies to catch a thief oh yeah um, Aunt scott our coach. she says my husband likes this means war hitch and crazy stupid love there you go um uh, ren geekness he says the princess bride when harry met sally long shot yesterday silver linings playbook the girl next door easy a uh, scott pilgrim and uh, the world and mr and mrs smith
2: oh and, yeah and
0: uh, oh, Lisa, yeah yeah um, our friend, Jen Johans, she says, depends on the guy, but, but man, if a dude doesn't at least enjoy a fish called Wanda or when Harry met Sally, trust uh, me, yeah, yeah, is yeah. no fun to be around.
2: Yeah, <laughs> well, You know, and the other, the other honorable mention I want to give is, and I'll put it this way, any movie that is considered too girly, I will say that's malarkey. Go watch it anyways, because if you do, if you do watch it and think this is a girly movie, Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe you get to understand how girly girls think. Maybe you get to get a perspective that's That's not yours. And that's what I've been enjoying about this. These movies that we will encounter some movies that it's like, you know, I wouldn't normally go there even being a rom-com fan. I wouldn't check this movie out, but I'm glad I did because, you know, I got to see another side of women that I didn't previously get to see before. And
1: I already know everything about women, yeah. so that's yeah, all, hey, you know. He's already there. He's good. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: Well, there are so many on this. I can't even begin to like. I can believe the responses that I got. So uh, hopefully, I'll put a link in the description if you want to check out the Twitter thread. Then you totally should. Oh yeah, we'd should. love to. Uh, but uh, but we're yeah, always I was trying to expand that. our and list. This so. Yes, this has been so much fun. I would definitely have you both back again. This is great. And uh, so why don't you tell people where they can find your your content, your uh, podcast?
1: Well, um, you can find us on any of the normal podcatchers, whatever you listen to, we're on there. Um, we're at Romcom Gents on Facebook and Instagram. We are as well on Twitter. And I was reminded that we have a Twitter today because we you probably shouldn't us. have a Twitter. should <laughs> probably get rid of that <laughs> But Twitter. we haven't posted we haven't on it <laughs> in like it. eight months. Uh, but you can also. Uh, we have an email that you can write to us at. Um, it's romcom at gmail.com. We uh, kind of have two names. We're the
2: romcom gents, but the name of the podcast is a gentleman's guide to Romcoms. So you can find us by searching for either. on your Yeah, podcast. you should be able to yeah. find it. And it's gentle okay. men's not man's. We're not talking about the theoretical man. We're the gentlemen. Yeah, and we are the two. gentlemen. We're trying to hold ourselves to that standard. We're trying to be gentle, but i fixed the, the algorithm. So if you just want to search romcom
1: gents, it's, it's right there. <laughs>
2: find us, follow us. I post things oh, uh, on the daily on the instagram if you want a, a fun rom-com account to to follow and that's great that's, yeah that's us.
0: definitely follow them and i'll have all the information in the description people can check it out oh, and thanks. you can find me at rachel's reviews all over social media itunes youtube and on rotten tomatoes so make sure to check that out and also make sure you're following the podcast, The Homeworkies Pod and The Podcast, all over social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings or reviews for both of our podcasts. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that. And uh, we also have our patron group, which is really fun. And we have our watch alongs and other activities. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So check that out. And we also have our merch store, which has tons of fun romance-inspired merch. So make sure to check 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 that out, that all the information is in the description. Yes. And thank you so much again for coming. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Thank you.
1: Bye.